0: i'm trying to do a little clues okay.
1: clues good so
0: entrance. um
1: yikes we are moving into the episode
0: <laughs> uh i need to eat more of my dessert i think that will energize me
1: same honestly
0: yeah with your your little animal crackers your little off-brand animal crackers that taste real
1: good significantly better than any of the name brand yes yeah very much I think I've already recommended them, so I'm just going to...
0: I do think you recommended them last time, mm-hmm. which, I mean, you know, if it's Why a good not? thing, you mm-hmm. got to keep it going. Yeah. That's perfect. Pretty good. Sounds good. Well, welcome to almost the start of summer spooks. Almost. Almost. Welcome to... Welcome to life.
1: Here we are together <laughs> in, in life.
0: I was going to say, welcome to hell. Oh. But, um, you know... Sometimes it
1: feels like that with the weather. There is actually both a cat and dog outside.
0: Come on together. are you kidding me? No best friends.
1: I love that the cat's outside and he's just hanging out like really
0: no leash? Harness? No
1: no leash or no leash or anything. It's just standing there enjoying life.
0: See our buttholes, I worry about them because they, I do not think that either Sage nor Liddy could survive mm-hmm. on their own correct i truly believe that they couldn't but they're also rat bastards and would absolutely run away yep yep for sure no trust and they would hide under a car yeah not let me get them out so then i'd have to go find the owner of the car make them move their car just so i can get my cat
1: and the whole time sage is going to be chirping (sighs) yes yeah it's really yeah can't even that was pretty close actually
0: i can't it's just more high pitched. the second one was
1: a little further off but Mm, like we could keep owning this if you want (laughs) That is the single noise of our cat. Yes. So what have you got for us tonight?
0: I got a good one. I got one that I'm nervous about because it's like a big one, but. Nice. Hopefully it'll be good. How about you? I got. A real bad one?
1: It's just garbage. Just (laughs) absolute trash. I don't know why I even showed up today, to be Mm -hmm, honest. mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. you're just going to have to suffer through both, I guess. Uh,
0: I can't wait ice machine how dare you yeah i'm quite excited to hear you nice wow same let's sploosh right in all right welcome i'm gonna try and paint a picture for you real quick without telling you my sources because if i tell you my sources um you'll know what i'm talking about right away fair enough so first painting you a picture i want you to imagine the beautiful charles Lindbergh. uh, um no not exactly what i was going for but um i do like your enthusiasm Mm,
1: okay i will try to keep it up
0: okay i want you to imagine um a a scene like a a place instead of a person but if you want to imagine charles in this place that's fine i'm with you oh okay i just you kind of looked like your brain stopped working for a second Mm -hmm. (laughs) there you just Yeah, your eyes kind of glazed over. I didn't know if you were stroking or what was going on. All right, so we're just (laughs) going to rewind. Going to repeat. Mm -hmm. Try this again. Okay. Justin, in the late 1800s, hundreds, Mm -hmm. London's East End Mm -hmm. looked a little bit different than what it looks like today. Today, when you think of London, you might think of a stereotypical image you might think of Big Ben, those guards that can't smile. You might think of the um, the Death Eaters, or what are those called? The dead, um, Death From Eaters? Harry Potter. Are they called Death Eaters? Uh, what
1: are yeah. they called?
0: Are they called Death Eaters? Yes. Death? Yeah.
1: Well, I don't know what you're talking about. It just
0: sounds so wrong. Okay. What I'm trying to say is, is you know, that one bridge in London, and then yeah. the Death Eaters come in and they, like, twist it all around
1: are all flying around yeah
0: yeah london in my opinion always gets the bad rap from movies Mm -hmm. london gets destroyed in so many
1: agent cody banks yes i mean really the first the single first thing that comes to my mind is agent cody banks
0: beautiful really yeah Yeah. well unfortunately today we're not talking about agent cody banks but instead (sighs) we're going to be talking about what london did look like Mm -hmm. so london in the late 1800s uh Despite being an area where skilled immigrants, mainly uh, Jewish people and Russians, came to begin a new life and start business, the district was notorious for squalor of violence and crime. Mm-hmm. Sex work was only illegal if the practice caused a public disturbance, which is very interesting uh, in itself. And because of that, thousands of brothels and low rent lodging houses provided sexual services during the majority of the 19th century.
1: That makes sense.
0: At that time, because of that, the death or murder, unfortunately, of a working girl was rarely reported in the press or discussed within polite uh, upper society. Mm -hmm. The reality that, quote, ladies of the night uh, were subject to physical attacks, uh, which sometimes resulted in death, That happened quite often but just did not become reported yeah however Mm -hmm. the series of killings that began in august 1888 stood out from other violent crime of the time Mm -hmm. marked by sadistic butchery they suggest a mind more sociopathic and hateful than most citizens especially upper citizens Mm -hmm. could comprehend today we will be talking about the murders of jack the ripper known throughout the world as being one of the most famous unsolved serial killings in history
1: i definitely thought we were going spring-heeled jack route
0: (laughs) i'm so sorry but
1: you know what this could be better
0: i feel like i'm severely disappointed
1: well, I am over for 3 on guesses at this point. So I think I'm ready to just be bamboozled.
0: Mm, mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. fantastic. Well, I do want to just again begin by saying that Jack the Ripper is so incredibly talked about. Uh, yeah. They're everywhere uh, podcasts, TV shows, movies, um, books. It's just, it's everywhere. Yeah. Um, so again, if you think that you know all about this story, you probably know more than me. And that's fine. Sure. But I do hope that you will join us for a little bit, a little bit of a little bit of talk talk about this this very unknown thing that will continue probably to haunt like uh criminal or criminal investigations. Mm-hmm. Um so again, just beginning. We're going to go ahead and dive into this, but at least five women um, were killed by this unknown man, but some believe that the number may be as high as 11. Okay. So again, just keeping that in mind. And now that I told you what we're doing, I got my sources from history.com, casebook origins and jacktheripper.org. Yeah. So you may understand why I wanted to skip the the sources for just a second.
1: Sure. Yeah. I suppose that makes sense.
0: So Justin. Mm hmm. You are one of those people that I believe knows a lot about Jack the Ripper. No. um, Mostly because of a very popular hit TV show that I will be talking about later Mm. um, that we watched together during the summer of 2017 um, in my parents' basement. But...
1: I actually know a lot about it from a comic book Mm. that I own Mm. called Gotham by Gaslight.
0: Interesting.
1: Um... Yep, good that, movie that's too. It. That's it. Very good movie. Yeah.
0: Yes. All right. Well, I'm gonna go ahead and educate you. Okay. Great. All right. So I did my best to update some of the verbiage, verbiage uh, in these stories, um, because a lot of it was just, um, I feel like not 2021. 20, Dated. Yep. A little. There we go. That's how you say it. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna go ahead and start. We're gonna start with the victims. So Mary Ann Nichols was a sex worker who worked in the Whitechapel area of London in 1888. The Whitechapel area of London, as I was talking about over on the east side, um, it was only a couple of streets away from where like high-end shops and um, places were. But the Whitechapel specific area was definitely notoriously known as you only go there for like one or two things mm. definitely um where
1: not to hang out
0: yeah where not to hang out unless you wanted to be seen as a lower class member of society so just looking at the structured um classes already and just how people viewed other people we're going to definitely dive into that um, at 3.40 a.m. on August 31st, she was found dead on the corner of Buck's Row with deep slashes on her throat and her abdomen brutally cut open.
1: Yeah.
0: So this is the first of five murders that happened over three months from August to November 19, or, excuse me, 1888. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to go too much into the other murders, but I do, of course, want to um, state their names. Yeah. So we have Mary Ann Nichols, Annie Chapman, Elizabeth Stride, Catherine Eddowes, and Mary Jane Kelly. All of the victims were sex workers in this, the Whitechapel area and almost all displayed the same method of killing, which is why um, they are referred to as the canonical five.
1: Oh, and, interesting.
0: Yeah. I've never, I never heard of that I've never heard term. that term. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately because of the way that they were murdered, um, and I don't know if it's called an MO or what it is, but it's, it's the things that link them together that made the police think that they were, they were all killed by the same person.
1: Yeah. Is that that an MO? That would be an MO. Okay.
0: Thank you. So, unfortunately, one of the strangest things that linked all of the victims together was that each body was missing at least one vital organ when the police found them. Yikes. Jack the Ripper didn't just snuff out life with a knife. He severely mutilated and disemboweled the women, removing organs such as kidneys and uteruses, and his crimes were uh, seemed to portray a complete abhorrence to sex workers in general yeah um and just, just women women yeah. exactly so as i as i mentioned and as i'm sure you dear listener are, are well aware um, i am.
1: yes thank you for <laughs> thank you for saying that you're welcome <laughs> baby
0: this does not have a happy ending because what? this is one of the most infamous cold cases of of history
1: of modern times
0: exactly yeah. however and i really want to hone this in um no tragedy should ever happen Mm -hmm. and seeing what type of forensic science was developed because of these murders. Yeah. It is uh, life and uh, advances should not have to um, uh, be interchangeable. I wish that, that things in science could happen without pain and suffering, However, yeah. I will say that some really amazing things happened because of this case specifically.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's kind of the idea that, like, um, you know, having issues, struggling yeah, sort of begets inspiration. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that makes sense yeah that that would happen yeah it's just unfortunate that that's usually the case
0: yeah it's just very interesting and also i i know that this is completely unfair to say but i wonder if if this case were to happen in the exact same place in the 21st century Mm -hmm. if the case could have been solved yeah so uh with that being said we're gonna go ahead and dive into the investigation Okay. Great, so unfortunately, after uh, Marianne Nichols was killed, um I mean, a little bit of word got out, but there wasn't a really big panic because it a sex was, worker was yeah. killed.
1: so that di- that demographic is very, mm. very uncomfortable. Mm.
0: Mm-hmm. but no one else cares. Yes, exactly. yeah, it's really fun. However, after a few killings, uh and thanks to the press which i will get into in a little bit the scotland yard was called in to coordinate a full-on investigation again however because forensic science was basically primitive Mm -hmm. the clues few and far between and most suspects proved to be of little value and again cold case yeah so the investigation into the river murders were the responsibility of the metropolitan police uh one of london's two police forces The other, which was drawn from a murder hump after the death of Catherine Eddowes, um, and, uh, was called the city of London police. They were called in because, oh, this is just ridiculous. I know this happens today. Mm -hmm. Murders happened in different jurisdictions and people didn't want to share information. And so they're like, Oh, this happened in my area. We're not going to give you clues. Yep. Ridiculous. Um, so. Again, as I said, forensic science was basically in its infancy. It was not easy, if indeed at all possible, to at that time distinguish between human and animal blood. Mm. Um, and the search for physical residue and the importance of finding physical re- residue, such as hair, sperm, and saliva, was virtually unexistent. or non-existent. Excuse me. Yeah. Um, you're looking at uh investigators walking all over the crime scene touching the the victims with their own hands without Mm -hmm. gloves yeah um cleaning them and preparing them for burial before a a, um, an autopsy was allowed oh yeah just a lot of really bad things
1: bad practice
0: yeah um no fingerprints were either taken as technique um or completely used by the scotland yard until 1901 so that's that's 13 years later
1: yeah how, how much of that is actually left at that point
0: yes so basically forensic science at that time was uh was only looking for clues or on-the-spot analysis which consisted of oh did the perpetrator drop something on accident right like okay
1: unless the dude walks in front of you and literally kills a woman in front of you yeah you're basically not ever gonna find this person
0: exactly yeah exactly and even then it's even more tricky because if it's a person of a high class society they could probably yeah. get away with it
1: yeah
0: ah! okay Great. so so much fun um so again, police investigators followed up with whatever clues they had and sought to establish the victim's final movements and try and retrace the uh, the final hours and try and link the victims together. Much of the same procedure is actually followed today Mm -hmm. and the Jack the Ripper investigation focused on tracing suspicious people seen at the time of the murders, looking into the whereabouts of people already known by the police and also questioning um, other local uh, sex workers and Mm -hmm. possible, I don't want to say future uh, victims, but they were looking at individuals that met similar characteristics as the victims so that in itself, those three That's really things, smart. yes, yeah. that is very, very highly used today. You know, talking to people that are within the community instead of saying, oh, well, we're outsiders. We're going to come in fix everything. Yeah. Talk to the people who are there. Mm-hmm. Listen to them.
1: Yeah.
0: So as I said, uh, basically a complete mania by this point took over London and honestly the world. Yeah. People across the world uh, were talking about this Jack the Ripper. And that was basically solely in part to the newspapers Mm -hmm. during that autumn of 1888 sales of London newspapers rocketed with the star, which we've heard about on one of our favorite podcasts, uh, this paranormal life, which is the most popular sold up to 300,000 copies a day. That's crazy. It's ridiculous. And what was this newspaper broadcasting? Well, I'll tell you, not the best stuff. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> uh, censorship in 1888 was not a thing. Yep. Uh, censorship in the 1980s yeah. was not a thing. Yep. Um, we're getting there, mm-hmm. but um, pictures of the victims with their throats cut open on the front pages uh victim blaming, yeah, big old words, all part of it.. Yep. Um, but again, <laughs> newspapers played a vital role in creating the myth around the Jack the Ripper character and amplified his terror. Part of the reason that the newspaper sales rocketed was because Whitechapel um, again, was considered outcast London. So Whitechapel had come to symbolize London's criminal underworld, which provided basically like the like gold for a newspaper reporter. Right. Excuse me, saying that, oh, well, if you're part of this society, if you're part of this area, then these things are going to happen to you. Um, virtually all of the news or all of the papers took the view that although the women were victims, of course, of a horrific crime, they had chosen to place themselves in a vulnerable per- position and were part of the problem of crime in london this can be found i'm going to quote it in a second from the reporting of one of the first victims the telegraph despite having little information of the victim at this point depicted her as a quote degenerate noting Mm. how she was quote the worst for drink on the night of her murder yikes the times too reported that quote it was gathered that the deceased had led the life of a unfortunate
1: (laughs) haven't we all honestly haven't we all at this point yeah yeah
0: really fun when reporting on the inquest into the murder of Catherine eddowes the telegraph tried to ascertain the morality of the victim noting that although she was drunk on the night of her murder she was nevertheless the quote character of having been a decent woman doing work whenever she could get it a similar analysis was made of Mary Jane Kelly, the last of Ripper's victims. Unlike the others, Kelly did not reside in a low lo- lodging house and instead lived with a man who poses her husband. The telegraph appeared to excuse her sex worker, or as they called it, prostitution, in light of her economic circumstances, saying that the poor woman who had been fully done to death was by no means among the lowest of her falling class. Her partner was employed about the fish and fruit markets, and when the work was plentiful, the pair seemed to have paid their way honorably, but earnings were often irregular, and then it was feared that the woman resorted to the streets. Yep. Okay, I'm almost done with the newspaper just being the worst. Great. So the newspapers certainly appeared to take a more sympathetic turn when reporting on the murder of Kelly, perhaps because she was only 25 years old, and uh, was the victim of a murder even more harrowing than the four before her. This is really bad. Her face and body had been butchered so severely that the only way that people close to her could identify her was through her eyes.
1: Yikes. Yep. Wow.
0: Yep. Uh ugh. So unlike the earlier cases, the press publicized the removal of Kelly's body with the Times providing an account of how, quote, slatternly looking women shed tears as the shell covered with a ragged looking cloth was placed in a van. Even the illustrated police news refrained from its usual tone and instead provided a somber description of Kelly's funeral. So quote again, men and women struggled desperately to touch the coffin women with faces streaming with tears cried out god forgive her and every every man's head was um excuse me it was barred in a token of sympathy the sight was quite remarkable and the emotion natural and unconstrained wow wow
1: where is that sympathy for everyone else
0: uh yeah interesting Mm -hmm. it's because she was pretty and young same yeah and also you didn't deserve to die so i'm sorry for saying that great so, uh-huh. as I said, the newspapers uh-huh. definitely contributed to the mania and the panic regarding the uh, the murders. And also this just, just um, almost like boogeyman-esque yeah, um, depiction of Jack the Ripper. I do have a, a very interesting um, artist depiction that was actually posted in the the Star. This is just what they had in the oh. front page. Um, and just oh, had no. jack the ripper uh five dead who's next
1: with a headband that just reads crime crime
0: <laughs> just like okay guys that is a
1: horrifying picture and that is yeah. awful
0: like okay i respect art but it's like a little mm,
1: ghoul it's
0: ridiculous yeah Ugh. but really though i mean no one knew anything about this person um and interestingly enough uh the police and the local press had some interesting workings about them they have some interesting relationships mm-hmm. so uh this this autumn uh this summer into fall period of time in 1888 is actually referred to as the autumn of terror and during the autumn of terror hundreds upon hundreds of letters were sent to the police and local press purporting to be written by jack the ripper Most of them were deemed to be fakes, written by either newspaper reporters who were trying to start a story, or fools trying to incite more terror. Uh, Many ripperologists, which I like, believe them.
1: Not real. (laughs) You (laughs) don't like that? It's weird. I don't like it.
0: That's fine. Uh, Many ripperologists believe them all to be fake, but however, some experts believe that some are genuine. Now, Justin, I'm going to read you three of the most famous Mm -hmm. uh and i guess credible sure um that are really infamous with this case okay first and foremost starting with the dear boss letter received on september 27th 1888 at the central news agency this letter was originally believed to just be another hoax Three days later, however, the double murder of Strive and Eddowes made them reconsider, especially once they learned a portion of the latter's earlobe was found cut off from the body, eerily reminiscent of a promise made within the letter. The police deemed the Dear Boss letter important enough to reproduce in newspapers and post bills of the time, hoping someone would recognize the handwriting. Whether or not this letter is a hoax, it is the first written reference which uses the name Jack the Ripper,
1: oh. and
0: it's stuck. Yeah. So I will read the letter to you. It's not, it's not too long. So it says, Dear Boss, I keep on hearing the police have caught me, but they won't fix me just yet. I have laughed when they look so clever and talk about being on the right track. That joke about leather apron, which we'll talk about later, gave me real fits. I am down on whores and I shan't quit ripping them till I do get buckled. Grand work. The last job was I gave the lady no time to squeal. How can they catch me now? I love my work and want to start again. You will soon hear of me with funny little games. I saved some of the proper red stuff in a ginger beer bottle over the last job to write with, but it went thick like glue and I can't use it. Red ink is fit enough. I hope ha ha. Yuck. The next job I do, I shall clip the lady's ear off and send to the police officers just for jolly, wouldn't you? Keep this letter back till I do a bit more work, then give it out straight. My knife's so nice and sharp, I want to get back to work right away if I get the chance. Good luck. Yours truly, Jack the Ripper. Don't mind me giving the trade name. P.S. Wasn't good enough to post this before I got all the red ink off my hands. Curse it. No luck yet. They say I'm a doctor now. Ha, ha.
1: What the heck?
0: So that last little part, the letter is actually smeared mm-hmm. with some red ink. Ew. Well, ink.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Gross. Yes. Thoughts? Well, besides the letter being super conceited, mm. um, I wonder what the... Like, what is the justification for printing the letter in its yeah. handwriting? Yeah. I feel like if you're going to write a letter
0: mm-hmm.
1: as the culprit. Yeah. Your first instinct would be to not write like you normally do. Right. How, so how is that even like a justification for printing it? I don't understand that.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Um, and I actually do have a picture of, it's not the best picture, but... Um, that I don't care about Jennifer Aniston, I do okay. That's really bad,
1: ew gross.
0: But you can see, obviously, it's super yeah, faded now. But
1: that's nasty looking, there's
0: smears on it, yeah. it's, it's just there's a lot going on here, yeah. But exactly like you said, why would you write the way that you write normally?
1: Yeah, I've never really understood what the point is of having like a handwriting expert come in, yeah trying to analyze like criminals handwriting because generally like what's the point
0: exactly didn't they try that with the zodiac yeah okay that did not work well yep okay um i have two more if you were interested these are a little bit shorter love it the next one is uh, nicknamed the saucy jackie
1: postcard if that ain't me though
0: Uh, it's very disturbing (laughs) and again the reason that uh I say it's Saucy Jackie is Mm -hmm. because that's the one that had the the smears. Oh yeah. Okay. So it kind of looks like barbecue sauce, which is really rude.
1: Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: So this one says I was not cutting dear old boss. When I gave you the tip, you'll hear about Saucy Jackie's work tomorrow. Double event this time. Number one squealed a bit. Couldn't finish straight off. Ha. Not the time to get ears for police thanks for keeping last letter back till i got to work again yours truly jack the ripper great and last but not least we have from hell letter. Mm, uh-huh. so on october 16th george lusk who was the president of the Whitechapel vigilance committee received a three inch square cardboard box in the mail mm. inside was a half of a human kidney preserved in wine along with the following letter Medical reports carried out by Dr. Openshaw found that the kidney to be very similar to the one removed from Catherine Eddowes, though his findings were inconclusive because of medicine in the day. Cool. The letter reads as follows. From hell, period. Mr. Lusk, sore. This is There's a lot spelled wrong. So, Sir, I'm assuming. I send you half the kidney I took from one woman and preserved it... For you, t'other piece I fried and ate. It was very nice. I may send you the bloody knife, the bloody knife that it took that took it out if you only wait a while longer. Signed. Catch me while you can, Mr. Lusk.
1: Interesting. Somewhat different mm-hmm. for that one.
0: This one, um, and we can talk about it a little bit more, but this one is v- in my opinion, very different mm-hmm. because in the other ones, the language is very, in my opinion, eloquent, uh, very like they're prodding. Yeah. This one is, there's so much spelled wrong. Mm-hmm. There's very, very short sentences. Uh, just, it's just very guttural yeah. in my opinion. So now... In conclusion, we're going to talk about the suspects. Nice. All right. This suspect list is r- ridiculous. Uh-huh. You could basically choose any person. Jerry Seinfeld. Yes. And you could be like, oh, did they ever step foot in London once? They didn't? Suspect. Yep. 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 So right. just take that for it is. Uh-huh. So again, over the years, from ripperologists and no. forensic people alike, uh, there have been thousands of different theories about who Jack the Ripper was. Great. Um I will say that it's in my research, which is very minimal, let me tell mm-hmm. you. It's never a woman. Never a woman. It's That's, only men.
1: Yeah, I suppose.
0: Which is interesting.
1: Uh, sexist actually, (laughs) pretty sure that's what you'd call that.
0: Sure, sure, sure. I just do think it's interesting. I think it's interesting that they completely ruled a woman out, yeah. Um, and maybe there's reasons for it, but who knows? I
1: don't see why not.
0: Yeah, you have female serial killers, yeah, serial killers of all genders, sexualities, backgrounds, abilities. Let's go. Murder Mm. brings us all together.
1: Good,
0: (laughs) all right. So we're going to go ahead and just go through this list. So some people claim that it was a Whitechapel mortician named Robert Mann who examined the bodies after they had been found. Perhaps kind of like a, ooh, I get to look at the deeds that I've done and Mm -hmm. I get to enjoy it. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. Another theory is that Jack the Ripper was... uh, None other than Lewis Carroll, who is the author of Alice in Wonderland. Yeah. Because there are some pretty famous anagrams of Jack the Ripper throughout his books. Really? Strange. It's fine. I mean, Mm. okay. Yep. Uh, I should have probably looked that up. Uh, Anagrams. Yeah. Lewis Carroll. No, not Lewis Capaldi.
1: Oh, boy.
0: Ridiculous uh okay well you know what maybe i'll get back to that i'll do some research real quick
1: yeah that's pretty wild
0: yeah i think it's interesting oh okay Jack the ripper jack the ripper alice wonderland lifelong bachelor cool, cool 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 jack the ripper yeah okay fantastic um oh, jesus sorry
1: Hmm.
0: Uh, okay well you know what We're we're gonna come back to that sorry my bad guys uh-huh Um, again, I should have probably done that. Mm -hmm. Anagrams just confusing. Okay, anyway, some other people believe that the Duke of Clarence, who was the grandson of Queen Victoria, had a hand in it. Prince Albert, Albert, Albert Victor was rumored to have had a child with a woman who lived in Whitechapel. Mm -hmm. And the belief is that the royal family and the government tried to remove any evidence of the child by killing it and anyone who knew about it. Okay. Have you found anything?
1: Yeah, actually. Okay, do you want to um, tell me? So it's actually from a book. Oh. That was written by Richard Wallace in 1996. Okay, interesting. Um, basically, it says that Lewis Carroll, whose real name was Charles L. Dodgson, oh. and his colleague were responsible for the Jack the Ripper murders. Really? Um, Because he says that so there's an anagram which is i'll just read it out so it says this is my story of jack the ripper the man behind britain's worst unsolved murders it is a story that points to the unlikeliest of suspects a man who wrote children's stories that man is charles dodgson better known as lewis carroll author of such beloved works as alice in wonderland um So him writing that,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. um, I think, oh, this is so confusing. So he basically is saying that, like, that's the line that's written in this book by Richard. Mm -hmm. But that's supposed to be an anagram of the truth is this. I, Richard Wallace, stabbed and killed a muted Nicole Brown in cold blood, severing her throat with my trusty shiv's strokes. I set up Orenthal James Simpson, who is utterly innocent of this murder. P.S. I also wrote Shakespeare's (laughs) sonnets and a lot of Francis Bacon's works, too.
0: So basically people are saying your theory is BS? Is that what they're trying to say? I think so. Okay. My bad. Mm -hmm. yeah i really should have
1: well no this is just like it's very confusing because this richard wallace guy claims that the books contain hidden but detailed descriptions of the murders
0: interesting
1: but most people are like "Nah, dude yeah you're wrong like why would that yeah it doesn't make any sense
0: also that takes so much time to look at a paragraph or a sentence and be like I'm going to find the secret meaning behind this and switch all the letters. Mm -hmm. That's so much work.
1: They also did say that Lewis Carroll has been voted by the staff and readers of Casebook Jack the Ripper as the least likely suspect out of 22 names featured to have actually been Jack the Ripper.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. Well, you know what? Let's go with that fact. Sure. And we'll leave it at that.
1: It's still very interesting and confusing.
0: Yes, very much so. So I like it. Yeah. I just feel like it was like, oh, famous person, drop. Let's yeah, do it. Exactly. Um, I will say I want to talk about two other people really quickly and then we'll go ahead and bring it on back. Um interestingly enough, there are a string of similarities and strange coincidences mm. surrounding H H Holmes mm-hmm. and Jack the Ripper. Uh-huh. In fact, some historians have even gone on to say that these two individuals could possibly even be the same person. One you, of them. Oh, I'm sorry.
1: Will you I, let me say her name, please?
0: Yes, I will absolutely okay, do that. D- Don't worry. Thank you. I,
1: I need you that in my life. Yeah. You
0: deserve it. So I also I'll,
1: like his name, but yeah.
0: Okay. He's coming up in a paragraph and a half.
1: I want to say her name.
0: Yes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> So one of the most striking similarities between the two killers that regularly pops up in the Ripper case is that the suspect may have had some degree of medical knowledge or expertise.
1: That makes sense.
0: Mm -hmm. It is said that the mutilations on his victims looked like the work of a skilled doctor, which Mm -hmm. points to the similarity between Holmes and Ripper. Sure. HH Holmes, which I'm hoping you, you maybe one day, one of us. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Son of a bitch. Uh, Qualified doctor. And uh, chicago great time no it's not good
1: not a good person M-
0: murder house just not a good time
1: murder hotel actually oh excuse me yeah uh
0: so h.h H. holmes and the ripper both clearly possess some med- medical or anatomical knowledge which again may connect to some of the the dots between the two killers mm-hmm. jeff mudgett who was a qualified lawyer who also happens to be the great-grandson of h.h H. holmes in together with
1: amaryllis fox
0: wow
1: yeah i still remember that after all these years
0: gosh doesn't that just just roll with the tongue it's just so sweet
1: amaryllis fox
0: amaryllis fox and they always said it with such gusto yeah
1: it's so very cool. important gosh yeah.
0: uh long story short mudget and fox they teamed together mudget got somehow a tv show on history channel that yep. tried to prove that his great great grandfather aj toms was jack the ripper mm-hmm. just Imagine intense commercial breaks. Yes. Intense, just direct eye contact.
1: Intense opening sequence. Oh, goodness. The entire rest of the show. hmm pretty, pretty light, pretty, to be honest. Very light. Yep.
0: Yep. But we watched almost all of it.
1: I think we watched like half the first season. Yeah. They're probably on like season 12 now. More than likely. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But Mudgett mm-hmm. claims that Holmes and Chuck the Ripper are one and the same. Mm. According to Mudgett, Scotland Yard detectives visited the U.S. in search of the Ripper as they became suspicious and thought that the killer might be hiding out in the new world. He also believes that Holmes was the mysterious man behind the Whitechapel murders, which were masquerading as Jack the Ripper as an alias to carry out his despicable crimes. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mudgett believes that Jack the Ripper carried out the canonical five murders, killing mm-hmm. the five sex workers in the east end of London before escaping to the U.S. to dodge the British police who were on the lookout for him. He went on to say that the investigation was aborted halfway, which helped Holmes get back into business once again in Chicago. Okay. In order to support his claim, Mudgett submitted samples of handwritten tags from H.H. Holmes and Jack the Ripper for review. After close inspection, handwriting experts have confirmed that it is likely a possibility that the two samples could have been written by the same hand, but unfortunately, there's not much else to go off of.
1: When you hear the phrase, likely a possibility, Mm -hmm. I would say that is probably about 23%. Yes, agreed. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's... um, I like the gusto. I I like the um, the eeriness behind it. It would make for a great story. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And especially going back to what I talked about for the uh, the Whitechapel murderer. So that is those are some murders that happened before the Jack the Ripper character was introduced, mm-hmm. which is why I said that for Jack the Ripper. Five murders were for sure confirmed, but maybe up to 11. Oh, yeah. Because around the same time, these Whitechapel murders were occurring, but they didn't have as, as extreme MOs. Sure. The victims were just, I don't want to say just killed, but the, there was no disembowelment, no body mutilation. Okay. But the thought is, is that were those two murders the same? Mm-hmm. And it did did, the, did it progress? Did the motive become more intense? I don't know. Yeah. Um, last but not least, however, sorry, Jeff Mudgett and
1: Amaryllis Fox.
0: The most probable suspect, according to experts, was that Jack the Ripper was a young American who came over in 1888. His name was Francis Tumblety. Uh, he arrived in England two months before the first canonical murder happened. When compared to the profile, he uh, we see what matches it almost perfectly. Mm-hmm. So tumble tea.
1: That's not a real name. It's I really don't unfortunate. Understand. Um, How do you get that before you
0: go to England? Unfortunately, I do not know. Uh, so, he was he was a lodger near Whitechapel, so he had, had some local knowledge. He was trained as a medical assistant, so he had necessary skills to find organs and remove them quickly. Mm-hmm. He left his wife when he found out that she was a sex worker and was believed to have harbored a hatred for s- sex workers and women in general, mm. possibly giving him a motive for the attacks. Great. Regardless... Jack the Ripper has been the topic of news stories for over 120 years and will likely continue to be for decades to come. Probably. Sadly, anyone who had evidence of who Jack the Ripper was is very dead now.
1: Yes, very.
0: And with the murders being over 100 years old, most of the evidence is now so contaminated that really it can't get much insight. Yeah. But more than that, with all the potential suspects now dead, getting a confession from the real Ripper is now impossible. Mm-hmm. And now it seems like Jack the Ripper is more of a myth than a real man.
1: Yeah, that's definitely true. Yeah.
0: So that's my story today. Nice. Wow. That was good. Thanks for joining in. I know it was a little long. Lady, who are you talking to?
1: She's just in the corner screaming at nothing.
0: It's fine with a ball in her mouth. Yep. Yep. That so was th- great. Thank you. Thank good you job. for joining in. That was good. Wow. I'm excited to listen to you now. Wow.
1: Okay. So. So you're rude <laughs> today i am gonna be doing a special one for me oh well not really i just think it's fun so <laughs> okay. it's we are getting into prime time camping weather yes right
0: the ticks are out skaters are out yeah swamp ass let's everything go everything
1: you want yes exactly mm-hmm We are getting into prime camping season now. And I figured what better way to kick it off than with some camp horror stories.
0: Oh, my God.
1: From Reddit.
0: So you are just fueling the fire of never going camping with me and never going to a national park with me. Is that correct?
1: Uh, Tent camping is dangerous and scary.
0: (laughs) But much cheaper than Airbnb. But you know what? I'm sure that after you tell me these stories after I'll be convinced. After I tell you
1: these, I don't think you're going to want to attend camp ever.
0: Oh, okay, let's do it.
1: Alright, so of course, we start off with the overarching question to all of the Redditors. Campers of Reddit, what is the scariest, Ugh. creepiest, most disturbing thing that has happened to you in the woods?
0: I think that, sorry, just to interrupt really quickly. Mm-hmm. In my personal opinion, tent camping Mm -hmm. or really even camping in general you can be in an RV you can be in a a cabin whatever Mm -hmm. I think it is one of the most vulnerable things Mm -hmm. that you can do yes because truthfully you are putting yourself in a position where you cannot easily escape like you're the one in an enclosed area and that enclosed area is not necessarily the safest yep yuck okay I'm gonna stop talking
1: great um yeah you're right so let's just get into this Mm. so our first response comes from kmia official yes and i'm just going to be reading these verbatim okay when i was younger around 14 or 15 years old my family used to camp at a state park every night my friend and i would walk through the woods we called this the ritual Ew. Um, this particular night, we decided to walk further into the woods than usual. We had flashlights because we like to try and navigate through the woods with them turned off. Why though?
0: Kids are dumb. Kids are so dumb.
1: Definitely. We were about half a mile from the nearest campsite when we heard soft whispering behind us. Mm -mm. Obviously, we hit the flashlights and spun around, didn't see anything. So we kept walking and we heard it again. This time we stopped and looked around a bit before we decided to head back to our campsite. All of a sudden, we can see what's whispering. Mm -mm. It's a lady crawling on the ground, whispering random words. She was wearing dark clothes and was covered in dirt. When she sees that we notice her, she stands up and declares that she is looking for her campsite. We ended up walking her back to the campground and tried helping her find her group. Turns out she was just super drunk or high
0: (gasps) and got lost trying
1: to find the bathroom
0: oh my god
1: her friends didn't even notice she was missing and if we didn't go that far into the woods she would have been lost all night very creepy
0: (laughs) okay those young children are Uh such good souls yes the fact that they're like Oh, this crawling, dirt-covered being now stood up and is looking for a campsite? Oh, yes. We won't question it. We'll help. Goodbye. Yep. God. Drunk people are the ghosts of the living world.
1: (laughs) That is beautiful. Thank you. That is absolutely beautiful. Thank you very much. We should put that on a t-shirt. I think so, too. (laughs) Drunk people are the ghosts of the living world. (laughs) fair enough
0: and or demons truthfully yeah
1: yeah god all right ready for the next one no this is from anselmo underscore rickets which is definitely not derogatory
0: i really like that Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: i was camping in a valley by myself with no cell service
0: first mistake first
1: mistake right there
0: you need those three g's right away baby yeah yes
1: i expect lte everywhere i go honestly okay so i stayed late on a trail and ran into a nice local dude as it was getting dark he showed me a local camping spot close to the road and the river but it was quite cl- camouflaged from the road mm, okay perfect i had a fire drank a beer and listened to my friend's comedy podcast <laughs> was it this
0: one? Oh wow <laughs> wow how did they have, listen maybe they had it downloaded already mm-hmm. okay never mind hannah don't get into the details okay
1: I was loud and very visible, because it was dark already. I decided to sleep in the back of my truck under my top, next to all of my gear, as opposed to setting up my tent.
0: Oh, I like that. Okay. Mm-hmm.
1: The next morning, I made a fire, cracked another beer, and started making breakfast, as you do when you're camping.
0: Camping rules, everything is is um, it's different. Yeah, yeah. Truthfully.
1: Yeah. Then I notice that there's a man standing at the edge of my camp. No comes closer but never looks directly at me this guy looks homeless has a long ratty beard and has at least a hundred plastic grocery bags tied all over his clothes i comment about how nice the day is got no response from him i offer him breakfast and he says nothing he sort of paces around the perimeter of my camp i offer him a beer but then he just turns around the dude is just standing there with his back to me wandering around I'm realizing that there isn't going to be anything good happening here. I had my bear spray and buck knife super close, so I gave him an ultimatum. I said, you are either going to acknowledge me or leave me or leave me alone immediately. He ignores me. I grab the bear mace and walk a few steps toward him. He sulked away, and I threw my stuff in my truck and left that place right away. I wonder if he had watched me during the night, and I thank my laziness for staying in my truck instead of my tent. Yep. Now, I don't want to be disrespectful because I understand most people can't help it. Yes. But at the same time, I don't want to be in that position where some dude Mm
0: -hmm.
1: is just walking around my campsite, ignoring everything I say and never making eye contact with me. Yeah. That is threatening yes so
0: uh yeah and especially to be by yourself i think even with with a group of people it's still an unsettling thing Mm -hmm. um and uh, yeah yeah you know you can feel any way about it but especially when you are so vulnerable i don't i don't blame him for just leaving
1: no i don't either yeah and even having like the bear mace and like his knife yeah fine Yeah, I totally understand.
0: Yeah, exactly. Niceness can only get you so far. Yeah,
1: it only lasts so long. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Don't feel bad about standing up for yourself. Exactly. Yes. Okay. Next story from Omega Supreme. Omega Supreme went camping with their friends Mm. back in high school. Mm. We hiked way out into the woods slash mountains and collapsed exhausted into our tents middle of the night i hear something outside my tent then another something and another all around the tent Mm -mm. it sounded so much to me like something stalking up to our tent surrounding it Mm -mm. i gathered my courage and looked out shining my flashlight into the pitch black darkness all i could see in the dark was shining eyes looking back at me Mm -mm. not little eyes close to the ground but almost human height and Mm -mm. large Mm -mm. turned out it was just a herd of deer
0: (laughs) okay here's the thing about all of the stories that you're telling Hmm. me yeah is that my imagination Mm -hmm. just immediately goes to to aliens aliens yeah um number one fear mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and um some could say that deer and aliens are of the same species somewhat
1: similar yeah exactly definitely
0: but god the courage on that person mm-hmm. to open their tent and look around yeah no and
1: not say anything to anybody uh-huh yeah
0: Ugh, i hate this so much Justin.
1: the the one thing that i think is important to know mm-hmm. Um, is that the only reason that this person could see the eyes looking back Mm -hmm. is because they were some sort of animal. Sure. You know for a fact that it's not a person.
0: That's helpful.
1: Because people eyes don't reflect the light. Yeah. Like most animal mammal eyes will reflect the light.
0: Okay, that's helpful.
1: So you know it's some sort of animal. Yeah. That doesn't necessarily help you, but – you know you know it's not a person yeah which is very unsettling
0: oh god yeah Yeah. that's it's even worse but yeah i feel like if i could see that i think that's more peace of mind Mm -hmm. so it's like i okay question for you Mm. if you were omega supreme Mm -hmm. would you unzip the tent
1: no i'd have somebody else do it
0: probably me (laughs)
1: probably you
0: i have to call the car dealership for you correct I have to order food for you.
1: Also correct. Ugh.
0: I have to look out and find scary deer looking at us. Mm-hmm. I love it. it; makes me feel needed. Wow! Wow!
1: Next tale Ugh. is from Baba underscore Duke underscore Duke underscore Duke. It's fine if you get the reference.
0: Um. Okay, so you know how you're midriff tuna. Mm-hmm. I want to know how Baba Duke Duke Duke. Um correct like what was that intuition
1: probably just from seeing the movie
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. Fine. yeah
1: my siblings and i went camping once there was an incredibly powerful storm coming through and the lightning was just slamming the lake and crawling endlessly through the clouds while an endless roar was going on and on <laughs> the winds and roar got so intense that we considered abandoning the tent for the car considering the tent was being lifted off the ground
0: <gasps> Oh, my gosh.
1: We end up running to the car and climbing in and proceed to watch our tent collapse and be blown into a nearby tree. The car was shaking like crazy. So we decided to get out of there and drive about 20 minutes to my grandfather's house to spend the night. Mm. The next day, we went back and part of the campground was closed because a small tornado had apparently gone through the campground the night before and trees were blocking some of the roads. Whether it was during or after our adventure, we have no idea. But from what we could tell, it was pretty close to where we were. We cleaned up our campsite and left. I have never witnessed a storm so powerful and frightening before. I also never found my sleeping bag.
0: Oh, that's so upsetting. It was probably
1: like a Pokemon sleeping bag or something.
0: Probably, dude. Yeah. Probably got sucked up and now it's in us.
1: Yeah, could be.
0: Wow, I am so glad they left. Yeah. Um, you've been in a bad storm while camping, haven't you?
1: Mm-hmm. With my father <sighs> and family, yeah.
0: I really like walls, yes.
1: I, think I do that's like what I've learned. the four structural walls around me, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Because we <sighs> did, we it was like everything was flooding mm-hmm. and there was tornado warnings oh, around God. us. Um, I did, I do think we packed up and left really that night, yeah. Did
0: you drive back home? Or did you just... I think
1: we were at Jellystone. Oh, so probably
0: fun. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Jellystone. It was
1: that crazy. Happens. Yeah, the ranger was like coming around and yelling into a like a, a megaphone, megaphone, Jeez. and saying like, "Hey, everyone, <laughs> it would maybe be in your best interest to leave."
0: Oh my gosh. Yeah. What about Adore County? Do you remember ever being like a really bad storm there?
1: We've had a few. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um. I think there were a couple times when we were worried about tornadoes oh coming through. Maybe my mom can get a little bit of information from yeah. her and talk about it on the next episode. But
0: I'd be really interested. I
1: think there were a couple of really, really bad ones sure. where it was like we almost thought about leaving. Oh my gosh. Yeah.
0: Well, again, talking about that vulnerability, I mean, really, you are at the hands of nature. Exactly. Truthfully. What, whatever that entails, whether it be uh weather or animals or just really anything um i give people my utmost respect absolutely yeah Yeah. i also really hate these stories
1: nice that's the point nice dude next story is from eclectic said (laughs) my family went camping every summer when i was growing up we usually bounced between verben virginia beach and this god-awful place called westmoreland (laughs) okay (laughs) (laughs) one trip we were near the beach and we had two tents set up in different parts of the site sometime in the middle of the night my mom woke up which woke me up Mm. she was sitting up straight but completely still and i looked over at what she was staring at in the moonlight there was the silhouette of what looked like an old woman looking into our tent long wiry hair and everything i was so young so so it terrified me and i started asking my mom what that was and who was outside once i made noise it spooked the old woman and she took off and that's when we realized she was actually one of the feral ponies that live on the island what we had set up that particular tent on one of their trails and they were just going down to the beach (laughs) (laughs)
0: oh my god i
1: love it so much
0: i'm really thankful that so far all of your stories have had a happy ending a feral pony most of them
1: can you imagine just
0: seeing a little
1: feral pony
0: oh my god i'd be terrified
1: so cute so cute (laughs) Just
0: being like who's that old hag out there and honestly the most majestic white haired beauty you could ever imagine
1: yeah i love it all right, next story from WDH662. Yes. Scariest experience for me was camping with my wife when a windstorm blew up. I am talking trees being blown over, branches falling, and the works in a forest full of jack pine trees. Oh. So that is awful.
0: Yeah, dangerous.
1: Yeah, that's definitely one of the scariest things. Wow. Um, but then they said the creepiest mm. was camping with my best friend. We were in a semi-remote camping area, drivable usually to get to it, but definitely only with a 4x4. It was a semi-maintained camping area, as in there were a couple of fire pits, a few rotten picnic tables, and a run-down outhouse. Parks check this place about once a year or so. Oh, good. Yep. So we get there and start setting up when my buddy wanders over to the bathroom and opens the door. He stands there for a second or two, then closes the door. And then goes over to the second one, goes in and comes out a few minutes later. He comes back to me and says, go check out that first stall. I assume someone shed on the floor or <laughs> an animal got stuck in there and died or something. Nope. Three full backpacks. And I am talking big bags. Like the bag that I have that size for like week-long trips. So, of course, we're nosy. We open them up. Two of them are full of good quality gear, nothing unusual, just stuff for camping. The third is full of Skittles. Bulk bags, small bags, regular, tropical, sour, every flavor and size of bag you can imagine, just full of Skittles. We camped there for four days, never saw a soul. The bags were still there when we left. We let the CEOs know when we got to civilization. Who left all that gear? Why did one person pack 80 liters of Skittles? (laughs) Skittles. I don't know, but it was weird.
0: And why was it in the bathroom?
1: Why were there three bags full to the brim with camping gear just sitting in the bathroom?
0: And it sounded like nice gear.
1: Yeah, it was good stuff.
0: You wouldn't want to just leave that Why would you just
1: abandon it in the bathroom and then never come back for it?
0: Yeah, like that's a lot of money in Skittles.
1: That freaks me out.
0: It's I don't like that. Why
1: would you just leave it there? That's yeah. so
0: bizarre. And and if you were to leave it to be like, you know, if you were like um like a camp host or something, then yeah. oh hey, I'm leaving this for you just in case, you know, someone came and forgot some supplies. I feel like you would leave a note. Right. Ugh. Yeah, unsettling. Very
1: um, and then he's got another scary one. Oh Lord. The dog and I were backpacking. Spur of the moment overnight trip. It wasn't far off the road or anything. So I just have a tarp set up as a small shelter with a small little fire. Yep. That was a loud
0: noise. That's fine. That came from
1: wherever the cats are. (sighs) Yep. Um, So they weren't really hiding per se, but they weren't being obvious either. Mm -hmm. Just dozing off when I hear a truck rip up and a bunch of drunken voices. Then the shooting started. (gasps) Now they probably didn't know I was there. I was parked on a different road and hadn't realized I had walked as close as I had to the other road. But I still don't like being in the area when a bunch of drunken yahoos are shooting off guns. Mm -hmm. Especially when I was fairly certain they were shooting in my direction based on the lay of the land. So I put the pupper on a tight leash and we headed out as soon as possible.
0: Oh, I don't like that.
1: Yep. Just... Stupidity truly is all that is.
0: Oh, god, yep. Because again, like if you were the one with the gun Mm -hmm. and you think that you're in a remote place with your friends, you're not gonna yell out, Hey, anybody there?
1: Yeah, like that's true,
0: you know. And so, that's that is so scary, yeah. Just like what could have happened,
1: exactly. Yeah,
0: I'm glad the puppy's okay. Mm
1: And then our final story for tonight.
0: Ooh.
1: It's from Minus the Yes. Went on a group camping trip in the middle of nowhere, Arizona, only to awake and hear something sniffing the outside of our tent. My immediate reaction was that it was likely a bear or some animal that came across our site, and just maybe my dumbass friends didn't tie up the garbage or something. Mm. Seconds later, I can hear the sniffing go to the tent next to ours and everyone in mine grabs one another quietly to acknowledge we were all awake and we were aware of what's happening outside. Moments later, a friend in another tent popped out and started to scream and make noise. He also had a gun, hoping to scare off whatever animal was on our site. Turns out, it wasn't just an animal. It was some guy who had gone through our coolers and food (gasps) and also decided it would be okay to sniff our tents <gasps> our friend chased him off and we immediately packed our stuff and left
0: what the actual heck believe me those are not the words that are going through my head no Ew! <laughs> but hands down the worst mm-hmm. ha- what mm-hmm. what why are you sniffing the tent
1: they added an edit onto this post um they said all right since this is floating at the top of the subreddit i thought i'd put post a second creepy camping story a year after the above incident my dumbass friends and i went back to the nearby area no. thinking that what we encountered was a one time incident stop this time we thought we'd outsmart any possible creepers and instead of camping in our tents we all slept in the beds of our trucks and SUVs cuz you know they can't possibly sniff a Toyota <laughs> Tacoma <laughs> anyways it's the middle of the night I'm passed out in the back of my SUV when I suddenly feel a bright light on my face. Naturally, I would have woken up, swore, and asked who was doing that. However, I instantly knew to pretend to be asleep and not let the individual know that I was awake. I laid there next to my girlfriend, hoping she would do the same as I, and kept an ear out for any unusual sounds, like sniffing. All I could hear was a friend snoring by the campfire after the light left my car i heard the person walk to the next truck and shine his light on my friends in there i slowly looked up and it ended up being some older guy just standing there staring at everyone while they slept i waited until he left the campsite and busted my ass out of that truck and woke up my friends most of whom had also been pretending to sleep and realized what was going on the tldr on this too long didn't read don't camp outside of tucson arizona Unless you want a hills have eyes creature sniffing and staring at you while you sleep. Granted, the one with the flashlight could have been a ranger. Potentially. Mm -hmm. But it's really weird to come walking around with a flashlight at night. Mm -hmm. Just looking at people and not saying anything. Yeah. Not saying a word to introduce yourself or anything.
0: Uh, well, and yeah, even if it was, especially based on the year previous.
1: That there was a guy going uh, around, going through the food and coolers and sniffing the tents.
0: Oh, I hate that so much. Oh, why did you end with that one? <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about the Pony. <laughs>
1: okay i could see i could read that <laughs> one again
0: oh that was so uncomfortable mm-hmm. so airbnbs for you and me
1: correct yeah with I, many locks i don't want to sleep outside anywhere for no. any reason
0: i understand the appeal I used to love it, and then I got to a certain age where I was like, you know what? I don't want to be constantly sweaty, um, have bugs crawl into my tent, mm-hmm. have my air mattress deflate, and hear things mm-hmm. in the night, mm-hmm. mostly my dad snoring, in the next tent over. Right. Actually, it was usually my mom. Who are we kidding? <laughs> but no thank Great. you.
1: Um, I'm good. Yes, Absolutely i do have a a little bit lighter one to end on okay thank god so this one is from red dilada okay in 1969 while camping in standish hickey which is a california state park Mm. i watched with a group of campers the first moon landing someone had brought a small black and white tv that he had plugged into a light fixture in the camp outhouse and we all watched the moon landing together.
0: Oh my God, I'm gonna cry.
1: Isn't that cool? Oh man, I love it.
0: I can't even imagine. Yeah. Wow. Oh, you got me teary eyed on that one, dude.
1: And there you go. That is all of the reasons, plus one okay reason to at least go to the outhouse <laughs> oh, with yes. friends. Yes, 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 yes. To never camp, mm. never sleep outside in a tent. Mm and always stay in an airbnb and you know put money into the local economy you know? i love that that's yeah. great there you go that's it
0: uh, yeah i hated that mm-hmm. so much thanks
1: you're welcome a bunch wow wow that was fun
0: that was really good. That was a really good way to just, you know, encourage people to just have the best summer ever.
1: Appreciate nature around you. Mm-hmm. You know, like, mm-hmm. don't don't think that you're immune to nature no, when God, you go no. out there. Oh, no, no. You are always at the mercy. Always. Prepare for the worst.
0: And expect the not worse. Exactly. Wow. Wow. You got any recommendations for me this week? Big boy.
1: You know. I, I think that I maybe do.
0: Yeah. Yeah. OK, what you got for me?
1: I got. The mythical kitchen channel.
0: Oh, on YouTube. Quite nice. If
1: you've ever if you know anything about us, you know that we like Good Mythical Morning mm-hmm. on YouTube. It's one of our shows we watch every morning mm-hmm. during breakfast. Um, and they have, like, a spinoff channel called The Mythical Kitchen where the chefs make insane food. Oh, my goodness. So, they have episodes where they do super fancy food where, say, like, a Doritos Locos taco, instead of buying one for a dollar, you can make one mm. for $300. Yes. And it's kind of incredible to watch them use all these insane <laughs> ingredients. Um and then one of the chefs, Josh, will always, he likes to, he also tries to take really expensive dishes mm. and make them cheap. Yes. Um, It's just really cool, and it's very funny. It's really interesting, and it actually can teach you how to cook stuff. Yeah. So I would recommend checking them out on YouTube.
0: I absolutely agree and echo that. And it's just a great bunch of personalities, truthfully. Mm-hmm um for me really quickly i don't want to say too much about it because i i've only read the first chapter mm. but i am loving to shake the sleeping self a journey from oregon to patagonia and a quest for life with no regrets by jedediah jenkins
1: jedediah jenkins,
0: jedediah jenkins the wow. first chapter talks he he talks about how ridiculous his name is i love it i it's self-critical it's great yeah self-aware so, so.
1: Is it like a self-actualization book?
0: Yeah. So he bikes 14,000 miles all the way from Oregon down to Patagonia, which is, if you're unaware, which I was, all the way down. Tippy, tippy, tip. Yeah. Of South America. Yeah. Yeah. It's really good so far. Nice. Yeah. Great. Great. Well, I hope that you stay safe.
1: Stay spooky. And
0: see you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye.